Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. And I'm just really excited to uh, speak to you today and share with you um, some things that we've been thinking about and talking about. So as always, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or on any of our uh, listening on any of our major podcasting platforms. Wherever you are, we just want to make sure that you're not missing out on the content as it arrives. So today, I'm really excited to be joined by our very own children's pastor, or no, family life pastor? Family ministries pastor. Family ministry pastor. Yeah, new title. We've changed titles since I first started, <laughs> so I get confused. Sarah Sosa is Yay. with us, so I'm really excited. I always love Sarah because, like we say on stage, we're friends. We are friends. Yeah, we're yeah. friends. It's great. That's good. So yeah, so these um, last week, Pastor Brad wanted to expand a little bit on the sermon that he gave, which would have been on January 8th. And so on Sunday, January 15th, Sarah got to speak. And so we're going to expand a little bit on some of the things that she talked about. So just kind of as a little bit of a reminder, we'll rehash a couple of things. So um, the first week, Pastor Brad talked about having a safe home, and the message is essentially we want to develop environments where people can say, you are safe with me. Mm-hmm. Then, to the, uh, then on Sunday, Sarah was talking about the second message, which is that you are loved no matter no what. Matter what. Mm-hmm. And the cornerstone verse that she used was Luke 1.17, which I'll read here. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. Mm-hmm. So what did that mean to you in the context of this sermon and this message of you are loved no matter what? Yeah, I think this verse is really interesting because the he in it is actually John the Baptist. Um, and I don't know, what when I think about John the Baptist and preparing the way, it's always prepare the way for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Prepare the way for the Lord, the coming of the Lord. This verse is saying there's more to it than that. It is to prepare the way for Jesus, but also to prepare or to turn the hearts of parents, really, not just fathers, but mothers too, parents to their children, and then um, people to the the wise ways of the righteous. People mm-hmm. are being disobedient. So there's a lot of stuff going on in there, and John the Baptist is the catalyst kind mm-hmm. of for all of it. Um, and so I just uh, think it's an interesting verse. But in the context of the sermon series, the piece of the verse that gets the focus is turning the hearts of parents to their children. Mm. And that piece is also reflected in Micah uh, 4, verse 6, sorry, Malachi 4, verse 6, uh, right at the end of the Old Testament. Mm. So I find it interesting, uh, and other scholars have as well, that the Old Testament closes with this thought of turning the hearts of parents to their kids, and Luke's gospel opens with recapturing that Mm -hmm. thought. Um, So that's kind of where we built it. Um, The verse actually is picked by Connected Families, Mm -hmm. who um, has built this framework that we're working through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that... um, it was their pick, and I just got to speak into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was a wonderful sermon. And one of the things that you did to kind of help understand how we can, um, how we receive love and how we give love is the love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were a big book series in the 90s that talked about different ways that people give love and receive love and what resonates with them. 
And so I have here the five love languages that are kind of written out. And so we'll just kind of talk about each one really briefly. Sure. So the first one, and these aren't in any particular order. They're just the order. Because I took the, the love languages quiz today. <laughs> oh, did you? And so I'm reading them in the oh, order. Okay, we get to find out what your love language Yeah, well, the, this is the order. So um, <laughs> my, my top love language in terms of how I like to receive love is quality time. Mm -hmm. I was at like 32% quality time. Um, so what is quality time? I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. What is quality time? Quality time is this focused attention, mm -hmm. right? Like when people are with you, they're with you. Yeah. Like they're not watching their phone or waiting or, you know, off in the distance or daydreaming or whatever. They're, they're actually present with you. So it's not quantity time. Mm -hmm. It's not how much time. It's, it's, the, it's the quality of the time that you spend together that matters yeah. to people who have this love language. And when people choose to put you first... And focus their full attention on you and being in conversation with you. People who like quality time um, probably prefer having dinner with a friend versus going to a movie. Yeah. Right? You're, it's two hours either way, two yeah. and a half hours either way, right? But in a movie, you're not, you're watching the movie, you're not really right. into each other. Um, but, but, you know, sitting at the dinner table at home or even at a restaurant, you're, investing in one another mm -hmm. so yeah that it's that focused attention and like i would rather have 10 minutes of a deep conversation than an hour of small talk yes like yes i don't i i don't do well with small talk <laughs> i'm just like uh <laughs> um so then the next love uh love language which i was at 29 percent at so still oh, very close to my top good, yeah. um is words of affirmation so how would yeah. you describe that Words of affirmation, I think, um, is saying nice things to people in general, but but I think it's the the specificity with which you do it mm -hmm. um, that is what makes it personal and feel like love. Yeah. So if I just say, Kevin, you're awesome, that might be meaningful to you. But if I say, Kevin, it was really awesome how you came alongside me while I was trying to troubleshoot this the thing in the sound booth the other night. I, I, I was sort of at my wits end and mm -hmm. you came in. And you helped me figure it out, and that was super awesome. Yeah. So that's way specific, right? It's it's telling you what it is about you mm -hmm. that made a difference and it was a blessing in my life. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where uh, words of affirmation, it's not just saying nice things about people, but to do it in a thoughtful, meaningful yeah. way. And specific, too. Yeah, specific. Yep. And like, not to say that, you know, sometimes it is important to say the generic, I love you, that's... It may feel generic, but it is meaningful and important. Yeah. Um, I actually had a friend recently that was saying, you know, sometimes in at the end of a conversation or when somebody's leaving, you might say, okay, love you. Bye. That's great. But she lately she's been more intentional about saying, I love you. Mm. Not just a quick love you. It's just kind of a thing that you accidentally okay. say Greeting. without thought. Like yeah. really meaning it and really putting emphasis on it yeah and the interesting thing when you get somebody who doesn't have where words of affirmation isn't isn't a high level language for them they tend to think that saying stuff like that's not necessary yeah right yeah um so the, that's where uh, you're probably going to get to this but n knowing that there are different ways to give and receive love even if you don't know someone's specifics just understanding that there are different ways to do it makes a world of difference mm -hmm. Um, and how we communicate with each other as human beings. Absolutely. Yeah. So then the next one we'll talk about um, is acts of service, which mm -hmm. for me was then down, so I was at 32% for quality time, 29% for words of affirmation, and then 19 for acts of service. Okay. I don't know what that means about me. <laughs> you might not, like, maybe no. you're able to, like, peg my uh, Enneagram number now, but I, no, I don't. No, I don't. 
<laughs> I, I don't. I know people who could do that, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, acts of service is great. It's just it's just doing thoughtful things for people. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it's it, it could be things that they don't want to do, but it could just be something they're not expecting you to do. Yeah. You know, um, I just think of my dad. My dad serves my mom all the time, and he goes to the store and gets their groceries, and then he comes home and he does the vacuuming, and then he decided that... You know, it was kind of boring doing the vacuuming, so he got a Roomba. <laughs> and then he was, like, way into mapping out the rooms. Uh, but then they have this, like, credenza, and Roomba would get stuck underneath it. So then he had to figure out how to put a bumper up so Roomba couldn't get underneath. Okay. So he sort of took a, his act of service to extreme. But my mom appreciated the whole thing from start to finish. Um, so people who really have that ability to display that gift to somebody else are really... Um, you know, now, now you're tipping into spiritual gifts, actually, yeah. with that one as well. So, yeah, um, yeah acts of service. Well, and for me, when I think of a meaningful act of service, I remember like 2010, it was 2010, because I, I went on a trip to Brazil for six weeks. And right before I went to this trip to Brazil, I, um, I, I was living in Kansas at the time, but I was staying with my parents for like a few weeks while I was kind of in between the school year and this trip. And in that time, my mom's dad had passed away, mm-hmm. and so she had had to be up there doing funeral re- arrangements, and then the funeral itself, and then the day after the funeral, she helped out with her niece's grad party, and then as soon as she got home, she was constantly cooking for my sister's grad party, which was like the day before I left for Brazil. Mm-hmm. So she just had this constant stream of like work and doing things, and I just remember the day of my sister's grad party, being so relieved that okay now my mom will take a break you know yeah, now yeah. she can just relax and tomorrow we'll just you know I'll be off in the morning it'll just be a simple early thing and I'll just go downstairs I'll eat and whatever and I get downstairs the next morning and she's already up making me pancakes <laughs> and I was yeah. just like I just I kind of burst into tears because I was like mom you're supposed to be taking a break but like <laughs> it meant pancake. so much to me for her yeah. to just make pancakes that yeah. morning so yeah acts of service are wonderful yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one for me, which was at 16%, so coming in close, was receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say about that? I mean, that one kind of speaks for itself, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> if your love language is gifts. But but really, um, you know, the saying, it's the thought that counts, yes. actually does matter yeah. for the gift. So it's not the size of the gift or, or the cost of the gift. Um, the, the more meaningful piece for people is that somebody knows me this well. Yeah. Somebody thought of me and went out of their way to pick up this thing. Um, or, you know, it's the, it, sometimes it's the silly stuff too. Like I'm browsing through a store. I ha- one of my ways of giving love is gifts. Yeah. So I'll browse, I, I could, Christmas, oh my goodness. The, I love Christmas because I love Christmas shopping. I don't actually like going to the store, but I love the process of thinking what to give people. Yes. Um, it's not a hard thing for me at all. I can, oh, I can think of a personal <laughs> gift for just about anybody. Um, and it's so much fun, it's sort of like a game or a puzzle or something, but but it's it's that thought, right? Like you see something, you're like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so. You know, I'm gonna grab that, yep. you know, just bring it. Um, my son, I don't know, somewhere along the way, learned that I like score candy bars. Uh-huh. And so like randomly, he'll be at the gas station, you know, filling up his tank and he sees a score bar and he'll buy it and bring it home to me. I don't actually need or want a candy bar, but I love that he thought of me. Yeah. So it's not it's not the gift that makes me smile; it's that he is thinking of me mm-hmm. and he's following me through on that action. Yeah. So, 
Well, like, I just think of, like, this year for Christmas, like, I had a, very, I had a specific list on Amazon of things that I wanted for my home, like, practical things, because that's how old I am now. I want a griddle for Christmas <laughs> so, and a teapot. So yeah. That's what I, and so I got those things. And I was really, Mateo. He had a Brita water pitcher on his yeah. <laughs> Christmas list. And so, like, and I got those things, and I was really excited about it. But then another friend got me a gift, and it was surprisingly meaningful because it was it was just a simple little coffee mug that says don't touch me peasant and like she knows i love that word peasant and i'm just kind of a little pretentious and grouchy sometimes and so i just i felt so seen by that gift even though it's it's great somebody knows so now whenever i like am having some hot cocoa at home or something i'm just like don't touch me peasant you know it's great i was like I gave Emma a mug. Well, I bought it for her. She, we found it in a bookstore, and it and, and it says, uh, um, um, "Don't bother me. My fictional character just died." <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that some, is a something real like thing. That, but yeah, anyway, similar, I feel that deeply. Similar, so no people. <laughs> yeah, and so then the last love language that um, was kind of only in that three percent for me, which kind of surprised me, but um, is physical touch. And so this can mean a lot of things. This can be like high fives, handshakes, hugs. Yeah. Pat on the back, a back rub. Yeah, I see it as sort of like a, it's physical proximity. Um, the the actual sensation of skin on skin um, is super meaningful to lots of people for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think the overall sort of what you get from it is um, it grounds you, yeah. right? It says, I'm not alone. I've got people with me. You're with me. You know, like whatever. Um, and I think the example I gave in my message was people who live in um, nursing homes who don't get visited maybe they don't have family nearby who can come and see them um and one of the really nicest things you can do when you is a visit them um and when you visit them to rub hand, lotion on their hands mm-hmm. and just that sensation of somebody touching them and working that lotion into their skin um is really life-giving mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting but these are people who are living alone and people aren't spending time near them and so they they just crave that that sense of being with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, this one's kind of interesting because even though it was pretty low to me, like in different contexts, I'll want more of that touch. So when I'm with mm-hmm. family, sure. I'm a lot more like huggy, like especially with my nieces and nephews because they maybe they don't really necessarily know the words of affirmation to yes. say quality time's a bit different because we have such different interests and levels of being able to communicate. But... I can sit my niece on my lap and just snuggle with her for a bit. Yeah. And I love that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it can vary with per, with different people too and different age groups and yeah. all that, so. Absolutely, yep. So that's kind of a synopsis of a little bit of what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were kind of talking about this earlier and how did you feel about giving that sermon? Um, what were your kind of thoughts in doing in saying that? Sharing yeah, that message? you know, it, it was interesting because I, um, when I was thinking about what I could say or what I wanted to say, I was working on that verse and trying, you know, the idea of connection was sort of the first piece. But then this idea of love languages came and I just thought, oh, people don't want to hear about love languages. That's old. It's from the 90s, you know, whatever. Um, and then and then it just kept coming back and it just kept coming back. And, and I've been around long enough to know <laughs> that's likely the Holy Spirit poking mm-hmm. at you saying, stick with this. So I did, I but, but I, I wasn't feeling like super passionate about it. Like it just felt like, I don't know, to be honest, I, I was like, people are going to think this is boring. <laughs> you know, like it just didn't seem like 
intellectually brilliant and I am an Enneagram five. So that matters to me. So <laughs> anyway, um, but out of obedience, I'm like, well, this is where God's leading me. This is where I'll go. And so I, you know, I crafted the message, but again, I was like, this is not like a hit it out of the ballpark kind of message. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you put, you write something or you do a project oh, or whatever, and like and you just feel so excited about it and so proud of it. And I, I finished and I was like, okay, well, here we go. Um, but then it's watching what God does with that, right? Yeah. So when you're faithful to what he's leading you to do, you just don't know what he means, mm-hmm. you know, to, to how he's going to use it. And it's going to go, he's just going to take things where he needs to take them. And so, um, you know, I, I shared what he put in my heart with everybody and had a couple of really meaningful conversations after the service of mm-hmm. people like, I can't believe this message yeah. was today and I was here. And, um, and even like real life, you know, sort of, misunderstandings being cleared up and yeah. you know uh, anyway in real the, time right in, in front of you time, too yeah right, right <laughs> after the service and i just thought okay god okay it's yeah. for these people <laughs> that you put this message together not for me yeah um and i don't have to think that it's like amazingly brilliant or exciting yeah <laughs> right it really isn't about me um and so that i don't know that's i I was corrected. I, God put me back in my place, and yeah, that's a good thing to do. Well, and that's and that and it's kind of funny because that's a more meta way of God telling you that you are loved. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah, message okay. that you were like, eh, like God was like, no, you did well with that, Actually. and you said exactly what I wanted you to say, and you are loved. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just never know. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we also had the opportunity to do Q&A this Sunday, mm-hmm. and pretty much every time we do Q&A after a sermon, we don't have enough time to get to all of the questions. Okay. So um, I sent in one question, and we didn't have time to get to it, so now I get the opportunity to ask her More about Q&A. it. More Q&A. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, you know, podcaster's privilege, I guess. Sure, um, sure. Well, I kind of had two things, because the first one, you missed a love language. There's the love language of cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. I don't think that was in Gary Chapman's original book. Well, he, he then he missed it. So, right, so that must have that's been part two. Cinnamon rolls, I'm telling you. Okay. They're a love language on their own. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And they stick with you. So. Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> <laughs> and we're they sticking with me since watch. 2020. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank so, you for the correction. I yes. So there's that. that. Um, <laughs> the actual question that I did have, though, is how can I feel connected to family members when I have no common interests with them? Yeah. Or um, we maybe had similar worldviews earlier on in life, but then over time, you know, our worldviews or beliefs about politics or religion or something has diverged in some way. Yeah. Um, how do you maintain that feeling of connection with people? You know, this is another one of those themes that I feel like just keeps coming back around to me, keeps coming back around to me. So I've spent some time in this space from a couple different angles. And I um, really come to challenge myself to see people as much as I can the way that God sees them. Mm. So... Um, we had the question on Sunday, uh, you know, how, how do you love someone who's unlovable? And I and I pushed back against that and I said, I don't think anyone's unlovable. People are difficult to love. Mm-hmm. Some people are unlikable Yes. Um, in their current state. <laughs> yeah. They're not unlovable. We're not beyond God's reach. Um, and so if, I, if I'm going to honor that, right, then when I'm with people that I don't, don't necessarily like or don't drive with or don't, you know, or, or, you know, don't have anything in common with, 
I, this is how I do. You sort of play a game with yourself. <laughs> be like, okay, what is it about this person that God likes? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm having hard trouble for me. <laughs> so, so now let me put on the helmet of God, you know, if, if, yeah. that, if there is such a thing. Um, but to really do somebody else the honor of searching for what mm. what is lovable, because the uh, the truth is, what we all have in common is that we're God's idea. Yeah. Right. Each and every one of us, we're God's idea. Um, and so every human being you come across, the 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 person who just cut you off in traffic, uh, the crabby cashier in the reg- in the you know the checkout lane. Um, your boss at work, you know, uh, the kid who's a bully at school. I mean, I, on and on, we can name people that are really difficult to be in proximity with. And the truth is, they're God's idea too. Yeah. Right? And there's something about every human being, some piece of them that bears the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like a big like hunt. Like, what is it? What <laughs> yeah. is it about this person that can reflect God back to me? And that that might take weeks, yeah. months to decipher. It's not like it's an instant necessarily. Uh, could be, but but I think it. If, if you're willing to do that, it gives you a little bit of patience and you might walk away from an encounter saying, yeah, I couldn't find it, yeah. but I'm going to keep looking. Yeah. Right. And to, and to make the decision. And I, and I think sometimes this has to be a cognitive decision because you likely are, it's not going to resonate with your heart to make the decision to believe that other people are valuable, even if you have hard trouble finding mm-hmm. what about them is valuable. So I don't know if that's helpful, those yeah. ideas, but that's kind of, that's the journey that I've been on in, in these spaces. And um, and I just feel like I'm continuing to say, look for the best in everybody, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's a two-year-old or a 20-year-old or an 80-year-old um, family friend or foe, whatever it is, stranger. Um, the alien among us, right? Like in, in scripture, the people who are not from our towns, mm-hmm. you know, um, in other words, people who might be different than we are. Um, what's valuable about them? Because for sure there is something, mm-hmm. whether we see it or not. So then a couple other kind of questions I have that are related to this discussion that have just kind of been coming to me is, I mean, on this podcast, we've talked at different points about, you know, there are times when, um, a person is abusive or in some way toxic, and so mm-hmm. you we have that right to create boundaries Absolutely. at some point. Um, how do you love someone when you've had to create a boundary? Mm-hmm. Um, either a permanent boundary, maybe, or a boundary of, you know, I can only have to limit my time with you, or a boundary of no contact. How do you love someone yeah. even when you're establishing boundaries with them? Yeah. Honestly, I think it's okay also, before I get to answering that question, to allow yourself to be in a space where you are honest and you say, I can't love you right now. Yeah. I can't love that person. Um, and I promise God that I'll work on it, but yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, that That's honest. That's just being honest as a human Well, being. and I would argue even that honesty is loving. Yes. Yeah. And, so and even though you be, say you can't, you may be thinking... I can't express love to them right now. Just the fact of being honest about that is a small expression of, of love and honesty. Right. And in, it, in that. it just hints at that there's stuff that you need to take care of. It might be your own junk. It might be junk that was put on you by that individual or other mm-hmm. people uh, throughout your journey. And um, and to just say, I'm just, I'm just not there yet. And thank goodness, God, you love them yeah. because I can't right yeah. now. 
Um, but help me get to a place where maybe I could. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some people who have, who have done horrible things yeah. um, to other people. And, it, and, and I don't want to mix up loving people, valuing people, forgiveness. Like there's just so many facets to broken relationship um, and trying to get to a healthy place. That's where boundaries matters. You absolutely matter, and mm-hmm. and you and you get to love yourself by taking care of yourself, yep. and and setting the parameters under which you're willing to to live for a season. And that doesn't mean that God's not going to shift you out of that at some yep. point. And again, that could be a two month journey, could be five year journey, could be a twenty year journey. You don't know, um, but just just be willing to engage the process. Um, yeah, it's. It's it's hard, and I don't I don't at all. I, I was sort of worried about this during the Q and A on Sunday. I don't at all want to communicate that those those people who have done harm in our lives that that's an easy thing to move through right. or past. It's yeah. not. No. Um, and and I hope that I did a good job of recognizing that. I hope I did a good job of encouraging people to seek the help they need mm-hmm. to build the boundaries and hold them in a healthy way. And then, um, and then also figure out how how now with these boundaries in place, can I continue a relationship with this person, and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's really hard work to do on your own. No. Um, so having a professional alongside you, having family and friends alongside you, having this church alongside pastors, you know, wh- whoever your people are, yeah, you know, to to lean in um, and help them help you be healthy. Yeah. Um, in your relationships is really important. Well, something that I always come back to is that forgiving a person doesn't mean that the relation forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Because Absolutely. I may forgive a person, but they may not do the work that it takes to also reconcile with me. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, forgiving someone doesn't mean that you have to start trusting them again immediately. No. They may have to rebuild trust over time. a period of time. <laughs> And again, yeah. that just because you don't trust someone, that doesn't mean you don't love them. Yeah. It just means that based on previous experience, you don't think they're going to pull up what yeah. they're supposed to be doing yeah. in your life. Well, I mean, Pastor Brad just said in staff meeting this morning, trust equals reliable behavior mm-hmm. plus time, right? Like over time, reliable behavior across time. And maybe the awful person in your life had reliably awful behavior yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yep so instead of building trust they build distrust yeah so that takes time to to care for and to deconstruct too mm-hmm. so yeah there's uh, human beings are messy yeah <laughs> uh, we are sinful and our ability to do all these things you know we can talk about it in sort of an altruistic way yeah. but then to actually roll that out and into your life i think is difficult and forgiveness doesn't mean that it whitewashes and gets gets rid of or mm-hmm. you know negates that what happened in the past like yeah. that still happened yeah forgiveness is about moving forward mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's a lot of stuff to carry yeah and yeah we de- we definitely don't want to i mean sometimes when we give these kinds of messages from a pulpit it's a really easy message to give like love everybody right but i know you and i both don't want people to think that we just think that's easy to do no it's no. we know it's not we it it's an easy thing to say it's not yeah. an easy thing we to give do. you the ideal example which is for us as well as i mean yeah. that's one of the reasons why i have trouble preaching is because i feel like i should be sitting in the congregation receiving the yeah. message right so it it's a simultaneous which like, i would argue that means you should be the one preaching it <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe yeah. not but but it is this sort of like 
Like I'm receiving my message too. I'm not above yeah. it. I'm not above my message at all. Yeah. And so when 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 I hold up a goal or a, a, you know here's here's the way we should be, I'm saying that to myself too. Yeah. Not having attained it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so. I mean, pretty much any sermon I do, like I'm usually think of like here's the ideal thing of or course of action because I know that that's what I need to do <laughs> right. and what I'm struggling right. to do. Let's you not know? do a message on how far, far yeah. short yeah. Sarasota falls from her ideals. Yes. Because, I mean, yeah, like I said, people are messy. Yep. We, we've all got our stuff. Yeah. I'll do. Well, I have one last question towards the end. That I know you know what it is, um, but is there anything else about the sermon that from Sunday that you want to bring up or just add to the you conversation? Know, it was just just uh, two, two things come to mind. Um, and I already did want uh, just to revisit that question about unlovable people. And, and again, just wanted to recognize um, that when people have done us harm, that is a difficult place to yeah. be. And it's a um, very real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we probably all have stories that we could tell. Yep. Um, and then this, the second piece is if I were going to give like a, an addendum or a part two to the service, um, Love language is one of those. It's a, it's another form of a personality assessment, mm-hmm. um, and so when if you take the time to do multiple personality assessments and hold them together, um, you begin to see how God put you together. Mm-hmm. And I had to do this for my degree at Bethel. I had to believe it or not. I had, so we took Myers Briggs, uh, the MBTI uh, assessment, Enneagram, Strength Finder, Sacred Pathways, which is about how you how you um, best interact with God mm. in the world. Um, and there's nine different pathways. Mm. And then a fruitful life, which was an assessment that the professor had made up on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's out in the world anywhere. But anyway, we had to do all five and then write a paper about it. A 40-page paper. Wow. I had to write a 40-page paper about myself. No, thank you. Like, oh, to <laughs> me, that's <laughs> no problem. Like, I was like... Who cares? <laughs> who wants to read a forty-page I mean, paper about Sarasota? I mean, certainly, who cares? But like, not that I don't care about you. No. But like, I, I get the feeling like, who cares about me? But like, oh, I could just bust out I forty pages about me, no problem. Here thinking this is the worst assignment ever. I did not want to do this, but I had to synthesize. I had to, I had to talk about the results of each test, and then I had to synthesize them. And I have to tell you, by the end of that project, it was one of the most meaningful things I've ever done. Mm. Because they all go together, and I could layer my love languages right on top of them, and yeah. and everything syncs and matches up, and it was the first time that I was like, oh my goodness, this is who God made me to be. Yeah. This, and He picked it for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a mistake. It wasn't like He shook it up and you know like a snow Random globe and you just let it fall or a special or what is it? What, what was that? Not a special eight ball. Magic, Magic eight, eight ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special eight ball. <laughs> Sounds like a pool game. <laughs> Can we play special eight ball? Magic eight ball. <laughs> Shake it up and see what you get. Like this big guitar <laughs> when I grew up. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, all that to say, how you are put together was done with thought and intentionality. And and so the piece I would add is to just sit with that for yeah. a moment. And if you have done or want to do one or two other personality assessments and and hold that up against your love languages i think you will see continuity there Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe for you like it was for me it'll be this aha moment and i just finally was like i know who i am and i don't have to apologize for parts of me anymore yeah right 
um, yeah, but that was really important work. So yeah. I, if I if I had 10 more minutes on, <laughs> in my sermon, I would have maybe added something about yeah. that. Sounds good. Well, so that's all that I that we wanted to cover for the sermon piece. I also want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about family ministry okay. stuff because we have a new initiative coming out um, starting on February 5th, which mm-hmm. is a Sunday, mm-hmm. first Sunday of February, mm-hmm. um, called Pathfinders for our elementary age students. So yep. what is that? Why are we doing that? What's up? <laughs> yeah, so we, we launched, um, I'm going to back up before I go forward. So sure. we launched into the fall without offering um, um ministry programming for elementary kids during the worship service on Sunday morning. We had the Grow Hour Sunday school classes at nine o'clock uh, at nine a.m. Um, for zero, uh, you know, babies up through fifth grade. Uh, but during the worship service, we were only providing uh, nursery and preschool ministry. Um, and the reason for that was was um, it, it's a discipleship piece, really, of, of including our kids in worship, so they grow up a part of the community. It's their space. And they understand uh, the language of worship and they bring a freshness and a curiosity and a mm-hmm. wonder that we all need and all of that. Um, and so that was the goal. And I feel like faith met us there very well. Yep. Like like people who didn't have kids did a great job of welcoming families with kids. But our families really kind of struggled and, and just not all of them, but some of them just nervous about, you know, if my kids make noise, am I a bad parent? Am I going to be distracting everybody? And and I think, too, our parents are tired. Yeah. Um, COVID's been a long haul for them. It's still rerouting mm-hmm. their lives and their activities and whether or not they can travel and, and, and the whole nine yards. And when you've got two or three or more kids in the mix, like, it's just upheaval all the time. And our parents are exhausted. And I think they, they just valued a space uh, where... You know they could just be focused for a moment and not be mm-hmm. you know scattered trying to help their kids focus so um you know there's there's the in-between space right of again here's the ideal but here's what it looks like to live life practically and at faith covenant we really want to come alongside families mm-hmm. and meet them where they're at and what we have been seeing and um and hearing to some extent nobody's really complaining um but just really um discerning uh, a, a need to make Sunday morning a little bit easier, a little bit more accessible. So Pathfinders is uh, is that. Uh, we actually did the very same thing during the summer. We called it Word Up, um, where we had elementary kids start in worship and then head out if they wanted to uh, during the message for their own time of learning. So we're bringing that back. We're rebranding it, giving it a different name that I think will live a little bit longer um, than just a summer ministry. And it's, again, it's just a way to come alongside families and say, we see you, mm-hmm. we hear you, uh, we want to make Sunday morning an easier yes mm-hmm. for all of you. And so our elementary kids will start in worship still. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great thing about that is communion weekends, our communion's in the front of the service, so our kids, our elementary kids still get to be a part of that experience with us and the worship, and they get to hear about the life of the church. And then when we get um, close to the message time, they'll have a chance, um, or if they want to, um, they can head back to the mm-hmm. Faith Kids Wing, to the the blue room, mm-hmm. <laughs> their Sunday school room, with our awesome volunteers and have an age-specific um, Bible story time mm-hmm. um, that's designed just for them um, while their parents stay in worship. Um, for our families who like to stay together for the whole service, you Great. certainly can keep doing that. Yep. We, we, mm-hmm. uh, we're super supportive of that. So, uh, it's, again, it's just a ministry that we offer, mm-hmm. and if it makes being here on Sunday morning easier, 
uh, for our families, then we're happy to do it. Yep. Yeah. And so what's the volunteer need for that right now? Uh, we're looking for... Because we don't want to just like put a bunch of kids <laughs> in a room alone and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Um, interestingly, we have had a number of volunteers step forward to staff that elementary piece. The place where we're struggling is preschool. Okay. Um, and so and that's because alongside this elementary ad, what we added back in was nursery and preschool ministry the first Sunday of the month. Mm -hmm. um, so on communion Sundays, we have been having no children's programming at all, and all in, all in experience in the worship service. Um, again, to make it a little easier for families, we're going to offer nursery and preschool on communion weekends. Mm -hmm. So every Sunday, nursery and preschool for the whole hour, and um, and then our elementary kids just during the message. Um, but adding in that extra Sunday mm -hmm. means we need two more volunteers a month at a minimum. Um, but more than we actually need more than that. That it yeah. gets a little hard. Minnesota it gets a little harder in the winter because we have people who travel who yep. you know, go to warmer places. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you <laughs> want to stay in Minnesota with all? I mean, the you're going to a warmer place next week. Ice. I am, but that wasn't not on know, a Sunday. But... No. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, all that to say, um, we probably could use like a half a dozen, mm -hmm. um, one or two helping out in the elementary area and the rest in preschool. Mm -hmm. And that could be an assistant. So you, you're in with the elementary kids. It's like a half hour, short time. You're in uh, during the message, and you're just um, sitting alongside kids, building relationships um, as somebody else teaches the Bible story. Mm -hmm. Or if you like to teach, we use a video. So that they'll watch a three-minute uh, video Bible story, and you just follow up. There's some question and answer stuff and activities. Super easy, um, and and fun. It'll mm -hmm. be you know interactive and fun. And our preschoolers, that would be for the full worship service, yeah. so the full hour. Um, and again, we do have uh, teacher needs in the preschool room and then also assistance. Sure. So both. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on with children's yeah. ministry, and so I want to say thank you to you for all that you You're do. Welcome. Even though I don't have kids that get to benefit from the work you do, <laughs> it uh, does benefit our church. And so yeah. I'm really grateful to have you on our team as well, Shelly Brinkman, who is yeah, our... Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, she is our um, administrative assistant for all the uh, children's and youth stuff. So she's mm -hmm. also does great work. So if you're interested in volunteering or if you have more questions about any of those things, um, <laughs> please contact Sarah or contact Shelly Brinkman. So any last words for today? Kevin is awesome. Is that oh. good? Make me He's blush. awesome because he does podcasts. Is that specific well, enough? Yeah. Well, and, and this was quality time, and it so we're hitting time. like what's twenty nine plus thirty two. Do you feel so loved? That's like sixty one percent of you're, my love language that Sarah has fulfilled wow. today, just in this short amount of time. So, thank you, Sarah. I'm a team player. Yeah, I'm all about helping. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for yeah. watching or listening. Thank we you. really appreciate it. And as always, if there's ever topics that you want us to cover and delve into, please let me know. My email address is in the uh, description of the episode. And I'm also going to put a link to Sarah's message on Sunday in that same place so that you can take a look at that if you missed it or if you want to kind of revisit some of that. So thanks again for listening and watching. And we hope that you have a wonderful and blessed day. Yeah. Bye-bye.